Good afternoon or good evening, I should say, ladies and gentlemen. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope we're having a great Monday night. Yep, that's what it is, guys. It sure is Monday. It's a brand new Monday in the month of November. And uh, we are looking at uh, November the 8th, 2021, guys. My, how the time does fly. It certainly does, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, thank you all for uh, being here tonight. If you're joining us live over at the foxhole.app, pilled.net, Twitch, uh, we're even on YouTube today. Uh, We're also on DLive, Clout Hub, and Trovo. We're glad to be with you guys tonight. Thanks for hanging out and tuning in for a brand new live edition of The Sea Report. And oh boy, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, some stories we have for you guys tonight. Well, actually, uh, the plate is a little light tonight. Not to say that news was not light uh, tonight at all by any means. I mean, uh, if we were to take a brief look around at everything that's happening around this world, one's head might begin to boggle. Uh, and if not the head, then at least the mind. But, uh, you know, uh, we see uh, we see things still uh, going on about the way we've been going. You know, we've had the Kyle Rittenhouse um, um, judicial debacle, if you'd like to call it that, uh, going on. And uh, many of us uh, keeping our attempt to that. Uh, we have uh, we have a uh, we have a uh, January sixth uh, um, a political captive from California who's seeking asylum in Belarus. That is pretty crazy, guys. Uh, when the state of our nation has gotten to the point that uh, people who attended a rally at the Capitol, of course, that was the false flag Capitol riots. I think that's a safe allegory to say. Because uh, I think we're going to stay live on YouTube all night tonight. Uh, I don't think we'll be saying anything that's too detrimental to their feelings. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the winter months. I'm feeling a little bit soft towards ScrewTube and uh, thinking maybe maybe I should consider their feelings just for a few weeks. And then we'll, uh, we'll run a train on them or something like that. I don't know. We'll see how they feel about that. If they, if they seem to like the idea... We'll go with it, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Sea Report. We're always open to uh, any ideas that uh, impart freedom to everybody. And don't ask me how running a train on YouTube would impart freedom to anybody. But, uh, you know, you never know. That's uh, What do they call that? The butterfly effect? Anyways, we do have a host of uh, Trump, um, uh, President Trump statements for you guys tonight. We have, you know, a few, three or four of them. A a good three or four of them tonight, but uh, tonight we're actually going to take a little bit of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a deter, but I would definitely call it a a side path on the main trail, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You know how when you're going for your uh, daily health walk, uh, just kidding, I don't know if we do it daily, I don't do it as daily as I should. But, uh, you know, you're walking on that trail, you're down in that park where, you know, uh, where your friends are. No, just kidding. And, um, you know, it kind of splits like this, but it only splits for like, I don't know, 10 feet, you know, and it goes right back to the same. That's what we're doing tonight, guys, Uh, because uh, there's actually a very interesting story. We've actually been following it for quite some time. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, that's when we're talking about... uh, Uh, One of Biden's most uh, recent nominees, Um, some of you guys may remember her as a woman by the name of Sole Omarova, 
Mm -hmm. Sole Omarova, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, for all intents and purposes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this woman is a full-blown uh, Marxist communist, okay? Should be no surprise to us, really. Uh, I mean, quite clearly, it is uh, it is just like someone in the Biden administration or whomever it is that are pulling those th strings to appoint someone so obviously and a quite insultingly communist, you know, uh, to a position that's actually quite of the rank, ladies and gentlemen, quite of the rank. And, uh, and therein lies the problem, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when we consider that uh, Sole Omarova is uh, currently being vetted by the um, uh, Banking Committee, Senate to Banking Committee, uh, to decide whether or not she will be the next um, um, head of currency here in these United States of America. Now, obviously, obviously, it would be a no-brainer, right, to have someone such as a Mar Marxist like she in that position. But they want to put her in the position of regulating national banks, ladies and gentlemen. So we've been following this story just a little bit closely. I have, uh, you know, when I when I look back at my history of red pilledness, uh, there's a spot in my heart for the topic of central banks. And I found this story actually quite interesting because, uh, you know, the central banks, the Federal Reserve, uh, the debt slavers, you know, those guys that we've been talking about for a minute, uh, they would be the obvious, you know, they would be the obvious uh, enemy here, you know. But uh, you, things have gotten complex as the uh, days go along, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, we're seeing uh, Democrats, progressives go in on the Federal Reserve. Ooh, I wonder why, right? Well, we've talked a little bit about it here. Over at this, you guys remember that financial episode we did that one day that was just so weird, right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, but now, if you have a group like the progressives and the Democrats going in on the Federal Reserve board members, now keep in mind that uh, historically speaking, these people are all our united enemy, but we're seeing them at odds with each other. One has to wonder what is going on here. Uh, are we not seeing a little bit of that uh, WrestleMania magic happening at the Federal Reserve with the Democrats and the progressives? It is quite possible. It is quite possible. But we'll take a look at that tonight uh, and uh, do a special episode on Marxist economics. Oh, I know you guys are ready for it. I know you guys are ready for an episode on Marxist economics. And uh, who would have thought we would be covering an episode like this tonight? But there you go. We try and keep our stuff fresh. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a dive into Sole Omarova. Hopefully, uh, through the consensus of our uh, universal conscious uh, uh, consciousness and uh, our connectivity to each other, uh, we can all together pull to ensure that the Senate does not approve her. 
to be the head of regulating banks in America. This woman wants to do some pretty crazy things, ladies and gentlemen. She's a Marxist. She's from the United uh, Social. So she's from the USSR. You know, she's 100% there, guys. 100% there. So uh, we'll take a look at that because, again, she's not yet been approved. But uh, well, we're going to make sure she doesn't get approved, guys. Okay. She should. Uh, you know, if any, if any Republican, uh, never mind Democrat, I guess they're lost causes, right? Clearly, they're already for the Marxists. The Democrats are. Uh, we'll take a look at Elizabeth Warren tonight. She's on. She's she's one of them, guys. You know, old Focahontas. What's that woman been up to in the background? We hadn't seen her in a minute. What's she been up to? She's been. She has been fighting the Federal Reserve, guys. That's what she's been doing. Okay, she's over there with her quiver and her bow, and she's like, "Pacha." I'll get you in the eyeball, Federal Reserve. Pacha! So yeah, we definitely gotta take a talk. We gotta take a few minutes to talk about that tonight, guys. And then we'll wrap up with some other stories. It seems that uh Illinois uh repealed this uh it's not an age-old law on abortion, but it's a pretty older one. I mean, it's at least older than a decade. You know, it's a silly old law where uh, you know, doctors have to tell parents when their child wants to get an abortion. <laughs> I mean, Illinois, I guess they're trying to uh, pick up the slack that uh, Texas dropped whenever we uh, had the uh, heartbeat bill implemented. Good job, Illinois. We'll take a little bit of a look about that. And uh, we'll wrap up with some good news because I'm telling you what, guys, this uh, this Marxist economics uh, episode today, it's going to take just a little bit. Okay, <laughs> It's going to take just a little bit. Just so you all know, today's stories come from uh, American Military News, Fox Business, The New York Post, Washington Compost, CNBC, The AP, and The Chicago Tribune, as well as The Epoch Times. I don't make this stuff up myself. I just bring it to you every night at 7.30 p.m. Central. And I'm glad you're joining us tonight. If you're here with us over at uh, the Foxhole app or at pill.net, welcome, welcome, my friends. If you're visiting us on any of the other platforms, well, I'm glad you are there as well. And I hope that you enjoy tonight's episode. I hope it's informative, if not at least somewhat entertaining. Now, uh, for those of you on the other platforms, I usually dip into the foxhole and pilled, you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to chat it up with me, maybe you should make a free account over there at the foxhole.app or pill.net. You don't know what that is. Maybe you should look it up. Okay. <laughs> if you're interested in free speech, it's as free as it gets over there at uh, foxhole and pilled. Um, for what it's worth, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Patriot 1776 thanks for joining us. Peeled by the rabbit, good evening, sir. Good to see you, Dragon Energy 45. Oh, it's good to see you in the chat today, Dragon Energy. Yo, 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 what up, Foxhole fam, says Dragon Energy 45. Oh, feel that energy of the dragon, of the 45th dragon. All right, I like it. Uh, let's see here, no cake for Susan. Who is Susan? Guys, Susan, Doug, Brandon, this is just getting too hard to keep up, guys. You need to quit it, okay? Quit it. Say what you mean. <laughs> if you mean F Joe Button, no, just kidding. Just kidding. I love Lesko Brandon. Who's Lesko? Oh my goodness. You see, there's another one. I got Brandon. I got Lesko. I got Susan. I got Jug. Jug. I got Doug. Now we're going to have a jug. Now there's going to be a jug gate, probably. Anyways. Jay's in the house. Is that Jay? I can't tell if that's Jay or yeah. Jay is in the house. Ooh, 
you remind me of like Prince. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, no. Looks like you guys are getting the circle of death. So sorry to hear Lee Patriot 1776. Welp, it was nice to have you in the audience while we did. And uh, our cloaked unseen is in the house. Wrap up. I just got here. It's time to get the party started. All right. Our cloaked unseen. You have more than enough permission. And I'm sure more than enough resources to get that party started, my friend. All right. So get it going. And thank you for gifting the cookie. You're not getting off without a little something, something. Oh, Mr. Our Cloaked Unseen. I do appreciate it. Susan, who runs ScrewTube, thank you for telling me that, Patriot 7076 because I never would have known that someone named Susan runs ScrewTube. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Is that like the name of the CEO? Susan Wojcicki. Wait, is it? Oh, she's quite... She reminds me of one of the guests that we'll be featuring tonight. Actually, I shouldn't even say guests. She reminds me of one of the swamp creatures. Ah, the swamp creatures, they are kith and kin to each other. The Patriot 1776, and I thank you for that. You see that, the Patriot 1776, I have learned something I shall never forget. Okay, and I thank you for it. Susan Wachichiki is CEO of Alphabet. I thought it was another dude. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Go Ogle. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Go Ogle, not of uh, not of a uh, screw tube. All right. I mean, I didn't know it either way. So I appreciate you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go give you a gold pill, Miss D Patriot 1776, because you taught me something. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everyone's having a great time tonight. Let's go ahead and get into our stories because we've got some uh, we've got some stuff to get through this evening. Now uh, we have a few uh, statements from President Trump this evening, as I uh, mentioned at the head of the show. Let's go ahead and jump right into them. Uh, he says here in this statement, "Very sad. The rhinos in the House and Senate gave Biden and Democrats a victory on the non-infrastructure bill." where only 11% of the money being wasted goes to real infrastructure. How about all of those Republican senators that voted thinking that helping the Democrats is such a wonderful thing to do? Uh, let's see here. It says, uh, so politically correct. Oh, man, he's going right for the jugular there. So politically correct. Right. Helping the Democrats get an infrastructure bill is politically correct. I think even for President Trump, that might be reaching just a little bit. Or perhaps it is straight up sarcasm, which I could see that as well. OK, uh, so the rest of the statement says uh, they just don't get it. Now they'll go for the big kill, getting their second one point nine trillion dollar bill really $5 trillion approved, again with rhino support. It's rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you like to hear it or not, whether you are an endangered rhino or not, it is rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. All Republicans who voted for Democrat longevity should be ashamed of themselves, in particular Mitch McConnell, for granting a two-month stay which allowed the Democrats time to work things out at our countries, and Republican parties 
Expense. Oh, cocaine Mitch. Boy, sir, you just continue to let this party down. One might wonder if you aren't just simply against it. And indeed, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this infrastructure bill was able to pass with the assistance of a few rhinos. Now, these are the obvious rhinos. These are the rhinos who are dropping trow and showing the full moon for the rest of their peers to observe, right? So that their, their peers can uh, can bask in the moonlight of the rhinos who are dropping trow to uh, self-sacrifice and fall on the... Uh, Fall on the uh, you know the proverbial sword here. Die on that hill, Rhino, because we already know what happened to uh, some of you guys. Yeah, because I say some of you guys. I, I mean, really, one of them. Uh, actually, no, two of them. Yeah, some of them. Some of them. I stand correct. Uh, Adam Kinthinger, and uh, it's probably that uh, Anthony Gonzalez guy right? Is he still there? Yeah, I think it's still him. Uh, Gonzolaz, anyways, uh, per the spelling of this uh, reporter. Now, um, they're, they're among the uh, rhinos. They're the obvious Republicans. Uh, they, you know, we can't, I don't even know that you could call people like this moderate or middle of the row or, or, or even bipartisan. They're in their own particular party, ladies and gentlemen. They're in, I don't know, what, they, the, what do they call that party now? Not the, is it's, it's the, not the unity party. What do they call them again? I can't remember what they call them. Uh, it's a Bannon thing, I think. But um, nevertheless, there's like, uh, it's like if you got the Democrat Party and the Republican Party and you put, uh, you, you, did a, you did like one of those circle graphs of how many of them were like the same, <laughs> you'd get this many, right? Right here. This many, and, and and these would be the outliers. <laughs> these would be your hardcore right and hardcore left, or or maybe your true uh, constitutional people here. All of this right here, these six fingers, yeah, that would be that would be that would be the party. What do we call them, right? The globalist party, right? The uh, treason party. I think I used to call them the uh, the um, uh, what do I call them the. Uh, impeachment party. Did I call them the impeachment party? I might have called them the impeachment party. Uh, the impeach party? I don't know. They're the ones that just, you know, I mean, obviously, the only thing about it is when we're talking about Republicans or rhinos, okay, uh, they're not all that obvious. You know, it's like when the uh, when the rhino discovered it was going extinct, it started painting zebra stripes on itself. To protect itself, it started going into camouflage. Okay, uh, the rhino was like, "Whoop, whoop, whoop!" We can't let them know because we're going. We get they're onto us. And so, you know, you have, for example, the Rhino Ten, right? The ones that voted to impeach Trump, uh, and two of them are gone. That was the band of brothers. Uh, but you know, every now and then, a rhino will drop its stripes. You know, it'll drop the camouflage, and it'll come up to try and serve as uh, what it thinks in itself is, uh, I don't know, maybe they think that they're uh, uh, causing some sort of bravery for the rest of the rhinos that are hiding in the camouflage. Uh, in, 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 for instance, when we're talking about this infrastructure bill, where we have these rhinos who come up and they're like, oh yeah, we'll go along with the Democrats. Uh, here's, here's a list of them. We got Catco. Van Drew Upton, uh, Young, Kissinger, Gonzalez Smith, Fitzpatrick Reed Garbarino, 
uh, Malia, Tokus, and Bacon. Now, a lot of these people I've never heard of before. Catco, yes. Upton, yes. Kinzinger, yes. Gonzalez, yes. Fitzpatrick, yes. Because those are five of the ten that voted. <laughs> those are five of the ten that voted, you know, to, uh, to, to, to impeach President Trump. Two of them are gone. That leaves eight, right? I mean, they're not coming back, I should say. They're not gone yet, but they're not coming back. Uh, but Captain Up Upton, Catco Upton Fitzpatrick. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, those are those are amongst the band of brothers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Zena, hey, what's up, Zena? Over there in the chat room says, surprised Murkowski ain't on it. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, not only has uh, Senator Murkowski of Alaska uh, already done enough damage, uh, she's also probably damaged far beyond repair. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I should have done. I should have done you guys a proper job and given you the actual full name of those. <laughs> those representatives uh and i said senator murkowski representative Murkowski. okay so uh he, he these are the ones okay i apologize uh we'll start with anthony gonzalez of ohio and adam kinsinger of illinois again these guys we already know okay we already know they're not coming back they're part of the band of brothers the 10 crybabies whose uh whose family call them traitors okay so yeah, those are the two right there. Uh, Fred Upton of Michigan. Okay, he's another one of the band of brothers. John Catco of New York. All right, I told you that one as well. He's another one of the band of brothers. So those guys for sure. Now the other ones. Ah, well, hey guys, it looks like we got a fresh list of rhinos to uh, ex uh, to exploit and to bring to justice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Representative Don Young of Alaska. So perhaps Zena Don Young is taking up the mantle of uh, one uh, Senator Murkowski, right? Uh, Representative, Representative Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey. Really, it does not surprise me, guys. When we found out how New Jersey uh, elections are run, you know, when we find out that in every election and in every county, a certain amount of voting machines turn offline and then they go into a warehouse for two weeks until a judge uh, authorizes someone to go and retrieve the data on those um, on those voting machines. Yeah. Yeah. When that's when that's common, common, commonplace in New Jersey. Doesn't surprise me that Representative Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey or Representative Chris Smith of New Jersey would, uh, you know, allow that uh, or vote to pass the infrastructure bill. Doesn't surprise me at all, New Jersey. Does not surprise me at all. We also had um, uh, Tom Reed of New York, Nicole Maliatokis of New York. Those, those are two more New Yorkers along with John Catco. And uh, Andrew Gabarini of New York, or Gabarino of New York. Wow. The great Gabarino, or not, or not. And uh, Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Don Bacon of Nebraska. If you live in Nebraska, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, Illinois, West Virginia, David McKinley of West Virginia. All right, West Virginia, you have got your work cut out. You got a rhino in your midst, and they're, uh, they're, they're shaking their tail in your face. 
go do something about it. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, or Michigan or Alaska. If you live in any of those states, perhaps you should write to your local rhino today and let them know it's rhino hunting season and we're watching. Very, very fun, ladies and gentlemen. Next statement from President El Presidente. <laughs> El Presidente Trumpe. Let me see if I can get my, my computer's being silly right now. Alerters and gentlemen, I apologize. Okay, next statement from President Trump. Let's see what it's got to say. The great patriots of Arizona are anxiously awaiting the attorney general's review of the large scale election fraud that took place during the 2020 presidential election. The findings of the forensic audit report were clear and conclusive. The results from the congressional election integrity hearing that just took place in Washington, D.C. upon cross-examination were devastating to the other side. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you why I'm laughing in a minute. The Arizona legislature and other states should at a minimum decertify the election. The American people deserve an answer now. Now, I have to absolutely appreciate the fact that uh, President Trump is literally pushing A.G. Brnovich to make a move. I mean, think about it. We got uh, we got uh, wily senators like the brave and courageous Senator Wendy Rogers over there in Arizona saying, I want perp walks and I'm not going to stop until we get them. It's because someone needs to be making that kind of noise, ladies and gentlemen, because we should all be demanding it, including myself. I mean, you know, I get up here and I share the information. Uh, you know, I bottle my rage. No, just kidding. <laughs> I bottle my rage and I sell it on the black market, ladies. No, just kidding. Uh, but uh, no, what I am saying is that uh, indeed, you know, this this is the kind of language that we need. Perp walks, people going to jail. It needs to happen now. They could at least start with the people that they have on camera deleting all of that data right? They have three of them, three people they caught on camera, right? They have the day, they have the time, they know the day, they know the hour, they know the place. God is not coming like a thief in the night for these three criminals. He is coming as soon as A.G. Brnovich decides to do something about it, right? So in essence, we don't know the day nor the hour because uh, Brnovich is not doing anything at the moment. And perhaps that is why President Trump put this statement out. Perhaps President Trump is like, come on, Brnovich. Come on. What are you waiting for, buddy? Because I even asked him, hey, can I write a letter to Brnovich and be like, look, dude, it's obvious justice is not being served. Can you move it along a little? They're like, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what you write to him. He's got to work within the parameters of the law. This, however, is getting insulting. You know, so uh, th thankfully, President Trump had the wherewithal to make a statement about it. Now, the reason why I was laughing, OK, during the statement and I'll expand it again just a little bit for you. Uh, he says here, the findings of the forensic audit report were clear and conclusive. The results from the Congressional Election Integrity hearing that just took place in Washington, D.C. upon cross-examination were devastating to the other side. Now, I found that to be actually quite, uh, well, I mean, 
it was funny to me because, you know, you see them doing this, uh, and I'm assuming he's talking about the uh, the um, the the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, the sham hearing that they did, guys, the sham hearing, where basically they kicked out uh, they kicked out um, uh, they kicked out some, they didn't allow Doug Logan to. Well, they say Doug Logan just didn't show up. I would like the true story to that. That's a question I should have asked instead of the question that I did ask. But, um, you know, I, you know, that's, that's interesting to note. Maybe I can get someone uh, to share some information on that regard. And then also, you know, uh, it was such a sham hearing, but it's true though. That statement is true. The results from the congressional election integrity hearing, and it was it was so such a sham. You guys saw it. We watched it together. Okay, upon cross examination, was devastating to the other side. Now, the reason why I believe President Trump is saying it was devastating to the other side is because they literally admitted to why they erase the data. Okay. Okay. First of all, I should say they admitted to doing it. And then the reason for doing it was such a gross and pathetic rationalizing against their own state law. Okay. Rationalizing against their own state law, giving them a reason that fit their own bias. Okay. So that's why it was detrimental to them because they admitted it, ladies and gentlemen. And then they used a gross biased rationale that didn't hold water when you consider that uh, they're like, well, we have to erase data so that we can uh, make room for the next election. Well, then why do you still have elections from 2012 on there, buddy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Mic drop. Bam. We're done with it. Okay. Burnabitch, let's get going. Okay. I'm going to, I am this close to putting your phone number on the screen. I tell you, how about we do this? Instead of putting Burnabitch's phone number on the screen, why don't we put up the Capital Switchboard's phone number on the screen? Instead of us sending letters and emails and phone calls to Burnabitch, why don't we demand that our own personal state senators and state representatives and our federal representatives and say, why don't we tell them to call Burnabitch and say, what the hell are you waiting for? Okay, you have three people on camera. We need to start some perp walks because once those guys do the perp walk, you know they're going to sing. You know they're, they're you know that they're scared little SJWs are like, but they told us because we're computer savvy, we can help, you know, and they, they're they so compartmentalized, they don't even realize what the hell they were doing. And then they will spill the beans, ladies and gentlemen, roll that beautiful bean footage. Let's get that purple walk in. Let's see them do the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm right there with every one of you guys in that regard. It's about time. The door is open. We're at the threshold. This portal is open. Let us walk through it together, A.G. Bernovich, to a new era of justice and uh, justice served, okay? Let's start the example now. Let's get the ball rolling. It's about time. The, the human race is ready for this. We're ready for accountability. We're ready to, to, to do our part you know we're we're not uh, we're not selfish and lazy anymore. Let's get this going. Okay, all right. Okay, I am going off into some weird diatribe. So let me go ahead and get to the next President Trump statement. It says uh, Chris Christie, 
who just, oh, another New Jersey. Okay, all right. What did Chris Christie have to say? Chris Christie, who just made a speech at the Republican Jewish Coalition in Las Vegas, was just absolutely massacred by his statements that Republicans have to move on from the past. He's got Chris Christie like Madonna. She's like, don't hold on to the... Shut up, Chris Christie. Okay, it says, meaning the 2020 election fraud. Oh, is that a fact, Christie? Okay, okay, I sees you. Oh, we have always seen you because of that donut in your hand. Everybody remembers that Chris left New Jersey with a less than 9% approval rating, a record low, and uh, they did not want to hear this from him. The only thing that I would want someone like Chris Christie, the only thing I would want to hear from him is how to pick the best donut, ladies and gentlemen. Because quite to be quite frank, he looks exactly like the man who taught me how to pick the best donut, ladies and gentlemen. And that little bit of world wisdom goes somewhat like this. If the donut is perfectly round... Do not pick it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's get into our main story for tonight. Okay, guys. Hold on. I, uh, my OCD is driving me crazy at the moment. Par the moment. So let me adjust something on my screen real quick. I hope you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everyone's doing well out there. It's a pretty good Monday night. We're doing it kind of chill style here at the Sea Report. Da, 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 da. Did you see that? Nope, you didn't. Too bad. Uh -huh. Okay, and then what else do we got here? Uh, this one right here. Da, da. Oh wait, let me do it this way. I'm just, I'm just adjusting my OCD, guys. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> no need to be concerned. I'm just adjusting my OCD. Okay. And then uh, for anyone out there with OCD, I'm sure you can relate. Okay. All right. So don't uh, come at me. All right, and what can we do here? We need to offset this a little bit. Should we, what, what color, do you see the color changing? Do you see it? Okay, what looks best, I wonder? I need a color neutral to black and white. Just kidding, okay. <laughs> Let me get this done. All right, let's just do, uh, no. Ooh. I think I like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Now, uh, let's get to... Let's get to the story of the night... Before we get uh, stuck too long again, uh, thank you all for joining us. Sean Joe, good evening. Thank you for gifting the cookie. Dpatriot1776, I appreciate your cookie as well. Um, and uh, thank you for being here. Let me see what else you got goes on. Did you, did you know some guys arrested for threatening Murkowski? Uh, if that's a recent story, no, ma'am, I did not. If it's an old story, obviously, no, ma'am, I did not. <laughs> uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, do you think it was a kind of plot twist like we saw with the wretched Gretchen Whitmer situation where we had FBI uh, basically uh, making recommendations on how to kidnap. It was just a sham. It was just to make people think, oh, let's have sympathy for Whitmer. She's wretched and she's Gretchen. She is Whitmer. Uh... By Nancy Drew of Zena. <laughs> Do you mean Nancy Grace? 
Who's Nancy Drew? Anyways, okay. <laughs> you're just gonna you're just gonna reveal to everyone that I am not caught up with popular patriot culture, but I'm not really good at pop culture anyways. Hey Lynn RC7, how's it going? I'm glad that you're having some fun tonight. Um, personally have a hard time with moving background. Oh, do you? I'm so sorry. I could change my background. Uh, that I was told a long time ago, and uh, for those of you on the podcast side, I'm just, we've got a background that moves behind me. If you're wondering what it looks like, maybe you should tune in sometime to the Sea Report live at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on uh, many a platform, many a platform. But I was told that uh, the moving backgrounds uh, were actually uh, quite conducive to um, to uh, uh, attracting audiences. So it was recommended to me to have like a moving background or a light or like, some, like you know, like they say that's why some uh, some uh, some live streamers have like a whole bunch of glowing and, and kind of like uh, static moving objects on their desktop and light zipping up and down in the background. Yeah, that's what that's all about. It's all about attracting the viewer, you know. So they told me you should have a moving background. So I did uh, because apparently <laughs> apparently my still background was just far too boring. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry if I'm giving you, uh, I'm sorry if I'm giving you, uh, what's that, motion sickness, Zena. Let me know. I can always adjust this background. I'm not married to backgrounds. You know, I, I've had the same background for like the last, I don't know, quarter or so. So I changed it. For those of you on the podcast who are wondering what my new background looks like, perhaps you should tune in live to the Sea Report sometime. We're live at 7.30 p.m. Central Texas time. Monday through Friday on many a platform. Okay. All right. Let's get, I am not a psyop. <laughs> the only psyop I am is a psyop for optimism, Sean Joe. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to get happy and get uh, informed, then come on over to the C report and we'll do it for you. Or at least we'll try. We'll try. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about this. Uh, I mean, as a as a um, as a uh, epilogue to uh, the President Trump statements, I could say this: uh, President Trump did headline a fundraiser for one Kevin McCarthy tonight. Uh, that was scheduled tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at the National Republican Congressional Committee. I guess they're having a kind of din din tonight. And uh, yeah, well, uh, if they have any footage of that headlining uh, speech, that keynote address, then we'll most definitely uh, get to it. But now, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are probably already sick and tired of staring at Saleh Omarova pictured here on your screen. That is one Marxist in the flesh who illegitimate joke Biden has nominated as the highest bank czar regulator in the United States now, she's still under vetting process. They are still having hearings over her, which quite, to be quite frank, I don't understand uh, why or how, you know, it's taken so long. Um, we've had some sparring over uh, Saule Omarova uh, over the past few weeks. Indeed, we've talked about her probably for about a month or so already. 
But we've uh, introduced you guys to Sole Omarova, who is from the USSR, who received a full Lenin grant uh, to Cornell. No, no, she teaches at Cornell Law. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) she teaches law at uh, Cornell University. Uh, We have to make sure that this woman doesn't get passed. And again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, do I need to expand that capital switchboard phone number? Um, I, I know the capital switchboard phone number is not as personal as your own personal phone number, but it's the best we can do here so that everyone can have a chance. Okay. <laughs> so that everyone can have a chance to uh, get in touch with someone that would give them that information. Maybe I should make that another color too. I don't know. Let's see. You, uh, for those of you who are on the, uh, <laughs> for those of you who are on the podcast side, I am currently redesigning my background. I think I'm going to change the font color, guys. I think it's too dark. Do you guys think it's too dark? Let's see. What should we do with it? Let's uh, let's change the font color. Do you think a nice red would do? Yeah, you know, let's do red because you know it'll bounce off the creport.com. Okay. We'll do that for now. Capital switchboard, guys, 202-224-3121. Tell anyone who needs to know or just tell all of them. I would just tell all of them. Why not? Just let them know where you stand. That way, if uh, one of these senators is friends with one of your representatives, they should be like, dude, like my constituents are really pissed that you haven't said no to this Saleh Omarova person. Mm, okay. Sounds like a good idea, right? I think it's a good idea. Anyways, we had a uh, Senator Pat Toomey. Um, I say Toomey like, uh, <laughs> like Grey Poupon, right? Toomey. Senator Pat Toomey uh, basically said recently, he says uh, that uh, Saleh Omarova wants to bring an end to the ability of banks to compete for customer services and instead nationalize it. Oh, he said the magic word nationalizing. Now, uh, someone might sit back and say, wait a minute. But President Trump nationalized the Federal Reserve Central Bank. Isn't that what we want? And then, uh, you know, I mean, this is this this right here, this little point right here about Saleh Omarova wanting to nationalize all the banks is one of those points that's ripe for spin. You know, it's ripe for propaganda because uh, you'll have people, okay? You'll have people who'll be like, see, see, uh, uh, Trump nationalized the Federal Reserve. So that means he must be a Marxist too or something ridiculous like that, guys. Some All while these people are preying on the general population and the layman of the world, I'm included, okay? I'm included in that category uh, to be like, oh, yeah, we uh, wait. We want to nationalize the banks because Trump did. So what's wrong with Soleil Omarova wanting to? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they're preying on the ignorant that don't realize that, uh, you know, independent everyday banks, not a centralized Western backed uh, debt slaver. OK, bank is totally different. Federal Reserve Central Bank. Is totally different from all of the banks in America, okay? Now, to nationalize the Federal Reserve is to take away its ability to be an independent corporation that creates debt slaves out of a country's citizenship, out of the country's people, which is what the Federal Reserve Central Bank was and might still be doing, right? Because uh, since uh, Trump, uh, you know, nationalized it, it's 
you know, I'm looking for articles and, and piecing them together a little at a time, but you can't nationalize all the, in other words, she wants that little mom and pop bank down the street or that credit union down the street that you go to, to be owned and operated by the government. Na, 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 na. Sole Omarova, my socialist friend, my Marxist sympathizer. Marxist, she's actually, she's a little bit more than a Marxist sympathizer guy. Guys and gals, she's a little bit more than a Marxist sympathizer, okay? So, so as I'm saying here, you know, uh, to me, or to me, okay? To me, fine. All right, I'm extra. All right. I say my cinema, cinema. I say my to me, to me. All right. How is your potato today? All right. A clear socialist idea that we shouldn't have a free enterprise systems competing for people's business, but rather have the government own and provide that. Oh, that sounds a little Marxist communist to me, doesn't it? I think it does, ladies and gentlemen. But you have this back and forth going on now. I think we can expect that a Democrat would say something as this. Uh, we had a Senator Sherrod Brown, okay, uh, chairman of the banking committee. This is, uh, I believe, the same. No, 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 no. Federal Reserve Committee is the one that uh, Focahontas is on. But uh, Sherrod Brown, he tells Toomey that he's being a big old McCarthy. He's, he's using Red Scare tactics, ladies and gentlemen. He's like, this ain't the 1950s. We don't got a bunch of communist homosexuals in our ranks. And if they're homosexual, who cares? All right, Sherrod Brown, calm down, Sherrod Brown. Calm down, all right, okay? But this is what Sherrod Brown went on to say. Uh, he says, or she says, it says, I don't even know. I didn't look up what this person looks like. It could be a guy or a girl. I have no idea. It's a Democrat. I mean, go, what? I got a 50, 50 chance on this one. Okay. <laughs> but Sherrod Brown says, <clears throat> Sherrod Brown says before today, I thought red scare McCarthyism was rightly relegated to the dustbin of history. Any American citizen who fled communist repression whether it be FDIC chair Jelena McWilliams or OCC nominee Saleh Omarova should be lauded for their courage and conviction. And I believe that my colleagues with a name like Sherrod Brown, I think they, they probably talk like that. I believe that my colleagues from both sides of the aisle will reject such character assassinations. Okay, so uh, Representative Sherrod Brown, uh, I should say Senator, Senator Sherrod Brown now has my full attention. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sherrod Brown, let's see. I'm quite curious. Oh. I am racist. Oh my God. I am such a racist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am such a racist, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my, oh my days. I don't even believe this. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not laughing at um, Sherrod Brown in general. I am laughing at how racist I am, okay? 
This, ladies and gentlemen, is Sherrod Brown. Okay. Hey, that's not what I want. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me uh let me let me bring up the right one for you. Why is it doing this? No, go away. Bad. <laughs> that is a bad whatever you're doing. Okay, Sherrod Brown. Okay. This is funny, guys. This is funny. <laughs> This is why you never can tell, okay? <laughs> this is Sherrod Brown, <laughs> okay? I don't think Sherrod talks like that at all, okay? <laughs> anyway, Sherrod Brown, Red Scare Tactics to me, Red Scare Tactics. Oh, oh, but here's the thing that I find most sickening. It's sickening, ladies and gentlemen, is that um, basically what Sherrod Brown has said is that he doesn't care where she stands on her uh, political uh, loyalties and convictions. He doesn't care that she's a downright, outright um, Marxist, that she's a proud one, a proud Marxist nonetheless, and that she believes that Marxist economics is the uh, superior type of economics, and they want her to run our bank here, banks here in America, Sherrod Brown doesn't care, because the point of the matter is that she fled communist repression, ladies and gentlemen. So Sherrod Brown has cast a, uh, has cast a, a spell of victimhood, victim mentality, in order to stifle the thoughts and the uh, the politically incorrect <laughs> reasoning of common sense that if you are a country like the United States of America, you don't get a Marxist to run your banking system. Isn't that interesting, guys? That's exactly what Sherrod Brown has done. Sherrod Brown needs to be flushed down, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a quick look at a video. Now, this is from Fox Business featuring Senator Toomey, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Senator Toomey is going to describe to all of you all just as we have described in the past here, but this has been some weeks. So we're going to allow Senator Toomey to say my words for me, okay? <laughs> He's going to describe to us exactly what is wrong with a nominee like Soleil Omarova and why you need to call that capital switchboard number at the top of the screen and uh, perhaps tell anyone who represents you in Washington, because you never know who's talking to who, uh, how you feel about Saleh Omarova running our banking system, and and I should admit, uh, even 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 uh, currency creation comes into play in this. You'll see, guys, how it's all interconnected as we have a Marxist takeover of the banking system in America, from the central banks to the neighborhood banks. The communists want to control. The banks. Let's see what they have to say, ladies and gentlemen. Now we bring in our top guest this evening, Pennsylvania Senator Pat Toomey. And on top of all this, Pat, all this that I just mentioned, the administration wants to put a graduate of Moscow State University on the V.I. Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship, by the way, 
who hates banks, she hates banks, and she wants to nationalize them like the good old Soviet Goss Bank, and they nominated her to be controller of the currency. Now, Senator, you addressed this earlier on the floor of the Senate. Let me, let's all take a listen to what you said. What she wants to do, and I quote, this is her words, effectively end banking as we know it, end quote. The Federal Reserve would set prices in large sectors of the U.S. economy, those that she deems to be, quote, systemically important prices, end quote. She advocates that the government, acting through the Fed, would actually cut off credit to those deemed, quote, socially suboptimal, end quote. Can you imagine? Is there So, okay, well said, well put. So, Senator Toomey, welcome back, number one. And number two, can you stop this nonsense? Because this is pure insanity. It, it, it is unbelievable, literally unbelievable. I didn't think I could be surprised by anything that the administration would do. Um, I will confess, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm shocked. I mean, this is the definition of socialism, right? Nationalizing our banks having the Fed become the retail bank. Oh, and then having the Fed allocate credit based on, I guess, how well everybody does on some kind of social score. Mm. My God, that, this is unbelievable. If we can't derail this nominee, then I don't know what to tell you. I can't imagine that there'd be a single Republican vote in favor of this nominee. I haven't spoken with every last one of my Republican colleagues yet, but I will. And then the question is, is there a single Democrat who will acknowledge it's probably not a good idea to have a person with these ideas in charge of oversight and, and supervision and regulation of all of our national banks? Which, by the way, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not told, but it's been in print that Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, uh, herself is, you know, pretty strong liberal, now progressive, but she was opposed to this nomination, and she was overridden. And, and I want to ask you, Senator, um, the, so she wants to, uh, Amorosa wants the Fed to set prices. And right. the cutoff point, I, here's something I don't understand. The cutoff point uh, for people who are socially suboptimal, what, what does yeah. that mean, socially suboptimal? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's obviously terrifying, right? I mean, my goodness, the Chinese Communist Party has set up a sort of social index to monitor its population, and who knows how they're going to punish people that don't quite measure up. What? That's the, that's the clearest parallel that I'm aware of. I don't know exactly what she means by this, but who in America wants the government to decide who gets credit based on somebody's perception of your social worthiness? Mm -hmm. This is this is madness. Does anybody know her party registration, by the way? I'm interested. Um, Republican, Democrat, Socialist. There is a communist. Other? There's yeah. a communist USA party. I just wonder that might be something for you to explore. Now, you want to get hold of her thesis that was written at Moscow State University. And um, hold on, it's too good to be true. I want to read it uh, so our viewers, uh, our listeners can hear. The name of her thesis at Moscow State University was Karl Marx's Economic Analysis and the Theory of Revolution in the Capital. Uh, I guess That's that means Das Kapital. But in any case, um, 
Have they, uh, will she pony up, whether it's in Russian or English or whatever? Well, I want to see this in the original Russian. I don't want to see somebody's translated version. I want to see what was actually submitted. And we can get translators. We'll get a fair translation, and then we can evaluate this and obviously ask her questions about her views on this. So, yes, I am adamant about getting that from her. I haven't heard a response yet, but we just put the letter out this morning, so uh, I hope a response will be forthcoming. But I also want to underscore, Larry, some of these radical ideas. Radical is her description also, by the way. But some of these ideas she wrote about as recently as last year and the year before. These are very recently held views about nationalizing the banking system, having the Fed become the bank, having the Fed control wages and prices in our economy, having the Fed allocate credit based on some kind of social metric. This, this, this isn't stuff that we found in her thesis. We haven't seen her thesis yet. This is what she's written about in the last few years. And I just want to say to everybody, listen, uh, control of the currency is a big job. And it is a regulator of the national banks. It's also a regulator of smaller banks. And it sits on this, uh, I've forgotten the name of it, but this board with the Treasury and the Federal Reserve the and the control. That's right, FSOC, which yeah. was created uh, after the financial crisis to regulate the whole financial system. That, exactly right. It is the primary regulator of all national banks, and it is the uh, comptroller of the currency. It is the OCC, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, that determines whether and when and under what circumstances to issue new bank charters. Mm. So this is a very important, very powerful position. And I'm just shocked that any administration, including this one, would suggest this person to be the head of it all. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, Senator, let's, um, let's segue now. Okay, guys, did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch that jerk off here? Oh, sorry. Let me let me get my monitor turned off. Did you catch what he said? Did you hear him? Here, let, let me let me rewind that five seconds. Now, now we'll we'll say something about two May in a minute. I like that Java two May or not two May. That is the question. Uh, if if I were to go by Sean Joe standards, I'd say to not to May. <laughs> But uh, it's okay. We'll get there in just a second. Let's listen to what this. Uh, let's listen to what this communist sympathizer uh, show host says. Listen, listen to what he says. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna expand it. But just listen to him. To be the head of it all. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, Senator, let's. Did you catch it? <laughs> Did you catch it? As as uh, as 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 Senator Toomey. Who is uh, who's waxing uh, who's waxing dreadfully over his decisions to uh, not speak up much about uh, I don't know election fraud, right? As he's waxing dreadfully over it, over the idea that anyone would even consider that we're even here at this door where someone like Soleil Omarova is being considered rationally by an administration supposed to be in this position. What do you have the show host saying? Listen again. Suggest this person to be the head of it all. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome, he says. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Not disgusting. 
Not degenerate, not not treasonous. It's pretty awesome, he says. Oh, Fox, we know, we know you're a faux news organization, Fox. We know, we know, we know. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookies. And uh, Sean Joe, with all the passion and might that he is uh, expressing himself within the chat rooms today, is absolutely correct. He says, all of these commies are in our government, Tomei, because you rhinos and Democrats and progressives and socialist sympathizers fixed the 2020 election. So shut the hell up, Tomei. Yeah, you know, that's why we as citizen journalists here over at the Sea Report are talking about this story. But uh, to be quite frank, to be quite honest, to be quite clear, we wouldn't be in this position if uh, even half of the rhinos decided not to be rhinos when it came down to election integrity and standing up against election fraud in 2020. All right, get on that. Get on that capital switchboard, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, uh, something's got to give. Hey, always in Texas. How you doing tonight? Again, thanks for the cookie, Sean Joe. I appreciate you greatly. Good to see you guys in the chat room. Glad you guys are having. Hey, Skeeter Burke, what's up? How are you doing? Skeeter Burke is uh, living it up in Worst Fest in New Braunfels, Texas. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and make it out. Um, but you know, transportation. Hey, Two Rivers, good to see you, sir. Glad you're in the audience. Java, I said hello to you. I liked your joke. You got some pretty good ones, sir. You got some pretty good ones. Uh, but all right, let's see what else we got here today. As we're moving right along. In, hey, derailing. What's up, buddy? Yeah, right, right. Lynn R. Uh, wait, right. Lynn RC7. Awesome. He says, awesome. That's awesome. I can't stand it. It's okay. It's okay. So, uh, yeah, that's right. This woman, again, as we reported a few weeks ago, wrote a thesis for Moscow University. They talked about it in the interview. That thesis was uh, Karl Marx's economic analysis and the theory of revolution in the capital. So one might think, well, I mean, obviously this woman is a Marxist sympathizer, communist sympathizer. Clearly, uh, she believes in Marxist economic um, um, uh, policies, beliefs and studies. Uh, But it goes just a little bit deeper than that, actually. Uh, We see that uh, it was recently uncovered. Um, that there was a post from 2019, which means as late as or as recent as 2019, Sole Omarova has been quite involved with uh, Marxist uh, theories and uh, you know, people. You know, uh, here's a page. Here's an example. This is the Marxist analysis. Uh, analysis. Analysis. It's analysis. <laughs> A Marxist analysis and policy map group over on Facebook. And uh, what they found there, ladies and gentlemen, was that uh, she's a member of this page. There was a post that we could see online that said, uh, let's welcome our newest member, Soleil Omarova. And again, guys, she's been nominated to regulate national banks here in the United States of America. No, this is Marxist. Two rivers. I'm not mincing my words. I said Marxist. Nowhere in here did I say Mao. <laughs> Nowhere in here did I say Mao. 
the Mar uh, the Marxist group describes itself as being for socialism and against uh, capitalism. Uh, so yeah, let's see that real quick. Against oh yeah, here we go. Here's the group. Do you want me to join the group? Nah, I ain't gonna do it. Too bad. Marxist analysis and policy map. Here's what it says about uh, their membership. Uh, let's uh, expand that real quick so you guys can see it. <clears throat> you can see I'm not making this stuff up. The Marxist group is, this Marxist group is a platform for analysis, policy, and polemics from the perspectives of a diverse range of socialist and anti-capitalist views. We are not against exploitation. Oh, wait, wait, I, I apologize. Because uh, it, it seems that the further you move along into Marxism and cap communism, uh, you kind of are into exploitation. Uh, let me correct myself. We are against exploitation, inequality, uh, racial discrimination. They don't know how to uh, use proper uh, 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 grammatical points here. And ecological destruction at the core of capitalist social relations. You know, I did a little foray into this uh, today, and I just, I have some thoughts. Uh, maybe we'll have a Mr. C soapbox at the end of the hour. The working class has the potential and the ability to change capitalism in, and in the process change itself. Uh, you know, just, just an idea like that, ladies and gentlemen, just that kind of, you know, you have, you have these Marxists and communists running around saying that the Bible is outdated? Are you kidding me? Marx is outdated. What the hell? Like, there's no big, like, uh, I don't industrial factory with children working and uh, exploiting people for uh, uh, meager wages and no food nowadays in America, <coughs> which is why their argument, part of the reasons why <coughs> their argument is totally wrong, aside from their <coughs> utter hypocrisy, Pardon me. Their utter hypocrisy as they walk down the street in their blood Nikes um, with their iPhone 13s. Okay. Only working people by their own efforts can free themselves from capitalism. Okay. Okay. That which has given them the ability to uh, work and sustain. Again, guys, this is not like, uh, this is not like Oliver Twist. I mean, I could, I could understand Marx growing up in the ages of Oliver Twist, that this is uh, relatable. This is so outdated and it is so, uh, it's, it's such a, a pipe dream, ladies and gentlemen. Like, uh, unless you're living in, I don't know, Mexico or China, you know, where they're communist, you don't have uh, the worker man versus the, uh, the wealthy evil capitalist. I mean, come on, in America... In America, if you don't want to be the working man, if you want to be lazy, you know, you have to work for it. You have to work to be lazy, okay? <laughs> you have to work damn hard to be lazy. And you know what? If you work damn hard to be lazy, you probably deserve it, okay? <laughs> so anyways, I know. I'm just, yeah. You know there's going to be people watching this on Twitch that are just going to be cringing right now. Only working people by their own efforts can free themselves from capitalism because that's another thing about this whole Marxist idea is that uh, apparently we're all victims here. We don't know how to stand up for ourselves. We don't have a chance. We're all Oliver Twist. We all want some more. 
We don't have guns. We don't have the ability to think or be creative. We don't have the ability to be industrious or entrepreneurial. Clearly, we're losers. And that's why we have a Marxist mentality. Oh, is that woke? It might be woke. We stand for the self-emancipation of the working class and socialism by forcing everyone to be the same and do the same thing and not be lazy. Okay. All right, Marxists. I see you. I see you. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Marxists. What are you thinking? Oh, who's that? <laughs> You're probably like, why is Tom Jones on your screen? Okay, well, the reason why Tom Jones is on my screen, guys, is because there is a man by the name of Tom Jones, okay, and he is the head of the American Accountability Foundation. Unfortunately, there are no pictures of this man. <laughs> This is what came up. This is what Tom Jones, founder of the American Accountability Foundation, said. The group post and the membership is important because I think at some point she, or Sole Omarova, is going to come out and say, well, you know, the Marxist thing is not really a thing for me anymore. I'm just a financial regulator. I think this reinforces that her past of being a Marxist scholar in the Soviet Union has continued. So what Tom Jones is trying to say here, and uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury out there who's about ready to hang me, I'm just using this picture as a fill-in. The Tom Jones who, uh, who found it unusual to be loved by anyone. Um, not unusual to be loved by anyone. Did not say these words, okay? It was Tom Jones of the American Accountability Foundation. All right, he's just standing in. I paid him $2 million to do it, okay? <laughs> Let's get, that's capitalism for you. <laughs> Let's get Saleh Omarova back on the screen. <clears throat> now, um, as I was saying, uh, basically what the head of the American Accountability Foundation is saying is that uh, this woman's going to come to the hearing and come to her vetting process and is going to say, I, I, the Marxist thing, that's not me. That was, I, I, am, I am no longer a Marxist. I am a, uh, she's like, I'm a, a trans American or something like that. That's what she's going to say. She's going to be like, I'm a trans American, which means that I used to be a Marxist, but I transed over to American and now I'm just a financial regulator. Okay. I don't have any beliefs in the things that I taught and I wrote thesis papers about that I, I immersed my entire intellectual career into through uh, education and learning. That's not me. I'm just a I'm just a regular old financial regulator. But this is evidence, guys, along with the thesis, along with also uh being a member of this Marxist uh, map group, uh, one has to wonder exactly what these yahoos are thinking. Now, okay, so I'm going to share some videos with you guys now, okay? These are going to be very interesting videos. This is going to take us onto a small and brief, she's a lady! <laughs> hey, Texas gal, what's up? She's a lady. Okay, no, this is going to take us on to a brief, is she a lady though? Is she a lady? It's going to give us a brief overview 
of uh, of Marxist economics. Now, um, ladies and gentlemen, while we're going through this, I want you to keep in mind because I know that my audience has a pretty sound understanding of capitalism communism marxism you know all the isms that the elite and the globalist uh, uh elite of the world created in order to divide us right because at this point guys i'm pretty sure the elite if if karl marx ladies and gentlemen really created marxism to fight against the man okay and bring peace and uh, equality to all they are mocking that dead mofo left and right. They're mopping the floor with him. They're like, hey, hey, Marx, you really wanted to go against the uh, to the bourgeoisie? Oh, yeah, Marx, we're going to show you. We're going to make everyone think that uh, you're, you're, what you believed is true. And all the while, we'll be using your beliefs to uh, basically um, uh, um, overtake America. And what really provides that type of freedom, which is the American dream, ladies and gentlemen, that we can all be successful and we can all pursue happiness and we can all pursue, uh, you know, uh, everything else, you know, the thing, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you know, the thing, ladies and gentlemen, we can, we, we can pursue the thing, you know? And, and uh, yeah, they, they, they are literally mocking this man by turn, if he really believed in it, if he was not just saying that because they offered him a lot of money and uh, he was just a little uh, sympathizer there who was uh, hard up for some money and couldn't make enough money being a little journalist on the side, you know, a little a little paper boy, uh, then they're really mocking him hard. So uh, I have I have. We'll see with the time. We're doing good on time. Uh, we'll see with this video, though. This video goes into the perspective of Marxist economics. So that is to say, this is this video that I'm going to show you guys. And I know a lot of y'all who have an understanding of this are going to be like, what the heck? We're telegraphing the enemy here, guys. We've got a lot of people in our audience that may not have ever been exposed to these kind of ideas because we wouldn't look into them, right? I wouldn't look into a, a Marxist perspective on capitalism and economics, but this will give us a range of idea of exactly what they think and how they how they believe it works in their head, okay? Because uh, they still haven't figured out that it doesn't work in real life unless you kill a bunch of people and you end up being a dictator, okay? They still haven't figured it out yet, okay? <laughs> so we're going to take a look at at, uh, the way that they see it, the economics, banking, capitalism thing in this video. Um, and uh, we, we can pick it apart. Uh, we can chew on it a little bit if you want. But uh, basically, I wanted you guys to see their perspective on it because it's far easier to get how to get how ridiculous it is <laughs> when you see it from their eyes. Okay, because it's like, what are these people thinking? Okay, like, and we can debunk it all night and all day. I know you guys could, but uh, let's go ahead and get this rolling while we still got some good time. And of the basic ideas of Marxist economics. Since it is a short video and not a huge multi-volume text, it inevitably will glaringly oversimplify this incredibly nuanced and complex topic. This is no replacement for any of the actual readings, but perhaps it will be helpful. Owning the means of production. You depend on material conditions to survive. 
This is stuff made out of things, like food, clothing, and shelter. You also depend on what is needed to make these things, like land, farming tools, building tools, building materials, that kind of thing. The first kind of thing is called the means of subsistence, and the second is called the means of production. This is important. Notice that if you have access to the sufficient means of production, you can produce some of your own means of subsistence. But having the means of subsistence does not allow you to produce anything if you have no access to means of production. Here is a central characteristic of capitalism. People can own the means of production. All this really means is that other people either aren't allowed to use it or must... Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'll stop right here to say I, I got to hear what I'm, I'm doing. Uh, clearly, guys, this goes back to Oliver Twist days. This goes back to when you had huge industries that were literally exploiting people. Okay, you want to say the Bible's outdated, Mr. Marx, your manifesto's a little outdated. That's what I think about when I think about this. Oh, the big corporation's going to keep the little man down. Okay, sure. Don't go out and try and do something for yourself. Fine. Stay, st stay a slave. Stay a victim, Mr. Marx. Stay a victim and all your followers. use it on the owner's terms. So if you don't own any means of production, you must arrange a deal that is satisfying to someone who does in order to get your means of subsistence and thus survive. Use value and exchange value. Usually we find things. If I may say also, ladies and gentlemen, that means that the person who's going to the guy who owns the production to get your means of subsistence, that means that they're quite happy or they have, they're not industrious, they're lazy, they're dumb, they don't, they don't have any dreams, they don't have any passions, they don't want to make their own business, they don't want to make their own company, they don't want to be their own boss, they're already defeated, they've been put into this place of slavery from birth and they have no way out. That sounds like a whiny SJW to me. I mean, they're like, Burger King, McDonald's, you are my corporate masters. Things valuable because they are useful. I could trade you a basket of food for a shovel, and this would make sense because you have a use for food and I have a use for a shovel. Exchanging your shovel for a bag of garbage would not make sense to you because, I assume, you do not have much use for garbage. So generally speaking, in order for something to be valuable for trade, it must be useful. This is a pretty fundamental principle here. Exchange value, something valuable for trading, depends on use value, something valuable in its utility. However, something with use value doesn't necessarily have exchange value. Air is useful, we use it to breathe, but we do not trade for it because it is everywhere. So in addition to use value, there is one more variable that is critical for something to have exchange value, and that is labor. Shoes have use value because they protect our feet. But if, like air, they required no labor to get, why would you trade anything for them? No one in their right mind would, so shoes would have no exchange value. But alas, we live in a world where people need to work to produce shoes. Thus, they are indeed valuable for trade. Notice that labor does not always create exchange value either. I doubt you would find my crayon doodles very valuable, even though I put a lot of work into them. It is only when labor creates a previously unavailable use value that exchange value is also created. One characteristic of exchange value is that it is more easily quantifiable than use value. It is hard to say whether a potato is more useful than a match, 
but it is easier to imagine a potato being worth, that is, exchangeable for, a number of matches. This is where money comes in, to serve as a universal unit of account through which to compare all items with exchange value. Appropriation of surplus value. Pardon me for assuming, but I imagine that you want means of subsistence so that you can survive. Let's also further imagine that you don't own the means of production. And let's say that some fine lad comes to you and says, I'm a capitalist, which means that I own the means of production and I pay others to operate it. You can use what I pay you to purchase means of subsistence and it will all be hunky-dory. Let's say you accept and work the means of production all day using your labor to create things with use value, thus creating new exchange value. The capitalist takes everything you produce and gives you some money, which represents much less than the exchange value you produced. This is enough for your means of subsistence for the day, but no more. I guess you'll have to come work tomorrow, too. As the weeks go by and you continue to work for the Okay, guys, so you kind of get an idea of where the poison that they're teaching our children with comes from, right? The poison. Because they're they're basically committing everyone to, I mean, let's face it, we're debt slaves, okay? Maybe, maybe the communists and the Marxists have already, uh, they, maybe they've already uh, reconciled that thought. Oh, but wait! Well, then if they've reconciled that thought, then why is the number one thing in the Communist Manifesto is to ensure that they have a central bank in their central government? Oh, seems like a contradiction in terms. Seems a little outdated. Seems like they didn't really think this thing through. Things Seems like they didn't. Seems like they might. Maybe Marx didn't believe in it. Maybe they're not mocking him. Maybe it always was part of a control system. Maybe he was exploited himself. Because he was a little, uh, you know, little kid that couldn't make money writing stories for the newspaper, but this is where the uh, this is where those thoughts are coming from that they're planting into children's head. Oh, the corporation is going to pay you seven dollars instead of fifteen dollars. You're not going to get a living wage. You're going to get nothing. You're going to get nothing, and they're going to live on their high hog. So people who are already suffering because they're struggling, because life is not fair, because they know in some grand scheme of things, they know in the grand cosmic universe scheme of things, that this is just not what life's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be slaving 40 plus hours a week at a minimum in order to maintain our life. We're not supposed to be, yeah, well, that kind of makes me think that we're all kind of the same. But uh, not, obviously, because of the way these guys understand it, the way they take it. You know, if a capitalist says this is not how life's supposed to be, that we're not supposed to work 40 hours plus a week just to maintain a meager living, that the sky should be the limit. They go out and they're industrious and they invent something. They create a company. They become the boss. These Marxists cry and then they try and kill you. <laughs> What the hell? Okay. <laughs> what is their problem? They they can't get ahead on their own. They they have to bring people down. Is that the Marxist way? Are they are they punching down on people? No, no. They feel like they've been punched down on. They sound like your everyday comment SJW. Let's continue. Capitalist. The capitalist continues to accumulate the value you produce. 
Some of this he uses for maintenance, keeping the means of production in good working order. Some is used to get the raw materials used in production. The rest is either used to scale up and get more means of production, or for his own means of subsistence and personal luxuries. This last bit here is known as surplus value, which is important. Here's a fascinating question. If you, the worker, are doing the actual productive labor and the capitalist is not, why does the surplus value go to him and not to you? Wouldn't it be more fair for you to have it as you're the one doing the actual work? No, because uh, it's his company. You get it? Like, if you want that luxury, then go make your own damn company. That's why this. That's why Marxism is outdated. Marxist, this is outdated. It's outdated. This is, these are the days of Oliver Twist. These are the days of the Industrial Revolution. This is 1800s and 1900s mentality trying to be superficially uh, placed on top of the... T- t- we're in 2021, guys. This, this stuff does not exist in America. This stuff does not exist in America. <laughs> you know, in China? Oh, but wait, they're communist. Oh, oh. In, 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 in Cuba? Oh, but wait, they're communist. In, in Peru? Oh, but wait, they're communists. You know, like uh, there's so many different ways to be industrious and entrepreneurial nowadays. You really have to be savvy enough. I wouldn't say anything in the entertainment industries at the moment. okay? but uh, eventually there will be a great big sucking sound when they start sucking all the pedophiles out of Hollywood and and stuff like that. Dang it. I just got kicked off a screw tube. But uh, yeah, here's here's the weird here's the victimhood. I'm gonna kill you mentality because you're because you work so damn hard in your life. And I'm not applying this obviously to people who were born into wealth. Okay, I'm applying this to people who worked hard. I'm not applying it to royalty, obviously. Okay, I'm applying it to people who worked their butts off to be able to sit back and uh, manage the business isn't that something that we all kind of want as uh red-blooded capitalists here in america uh laissez-faire is more my fair but uh look at this one do you see do you see the arrows in his eyes look at this look at this he's like he's looking at him he's like i sees you i sees you while i'm working you just sitting there lazy and i'm doing all the work It'd be fair if I owned most of the company because I do the work. Well, bitch, go get... Oh, sorry, pardon me. I apologize. I apologize. Go get your own damn company then, okay? This is, like, so outdated, all right? I can't believe I have not done an examination of Marxist economics like this yet. All right, let's carry on, ladies and gentlemen. After all, since your wages are only covering your means of subsistence, your only choices are to continue working for the capitalist or starve. Therefore, under Marxism, the capitalist profiting, that is, taking the surplus value generated by workers, is considered exploitation. This exploitation is only made possible by the institution of private property. Of course it's exploitation, you dang SJW, snowflake, can't get your own job, don't have any creativity, ain't industrious, not even entrepreneurial, have no motivation, can't even get up on the right side of the bed. Of course it's exploitation by their standards. Oh my, wow, 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 all the way home. Sing me a river that is flown by a tiny violin, ladies and gentlemen. Do it now. And private property is only made profitable through exploitation. 
private property where no one was exploited, where everyone got to keep the value that they themselves produced, would hardly be private at all. Private property and exploitation are inseparable. So we are presented with a choice to accept exploitation as a part of how we live or declare private property inherently unjust and abolish it altogether. Crisis and revolution. Let us assume that capitalists are not a huge fan of the idea of abolishing private property. They decide to keep their control of the means of production and keep profiting through exploiting people. So our capitalist keeps taking the surplus value you produce, uses it to get better productive equipment so you can produce more, and makes an even larger profit. Now imagine a neighboring capitalist is competing by selling the same commodities for a lower price to attract consumers. It's not a huge deal though. Our capitalist can just lower his prices too. After all, his new equipment makes production faster and cheaper, larger amounts can be produced and sold cheaply, while the profits remain the same. And since this competition is producing this effect with all capitalists, the means of subsistence has gotten cheaper for you to buy. The capitalist can thus lower your wages to increase his profit, and you will still be able to survive and come back and work for him. But then the neighbor gets even better equipment, scales up production, and again lowers his prices. So our capitalist must again upgrade his means of production, scale up, and lower his prices, along with your wage. Since this is happening across the board, a problem soon arises. More goods are being produced than society needs. And because wages are so meager, no one can afford to buy them anyway. So the capitalists cannot sell their goods and their profits begin to fall. Since it is no longer profitable to hire people and produce goods, the capitalists lay off their workers and try to sell their means of production. No one who wants it can afford to buy it. So we end up with means of production that no one is allowed to use and a population producing nothing, not even their own means of subsistence. So what do we do? One obvious answer is for the workers to say to hell with this and come together. Okay, I stop it here because clearly what these people who are still waiting in line for porridge believe is that uh, man is not innovative because uh, capitalism brings competition, which means things get better. Now, these guys just look at the fork in the road that says, oh, well, now everyone's producing the same pair of underwear, so no one's going to want them uh, because we've got too many. And, uh, and there you go. The underwear industry is, uh, you can no longer get Mr. C underoos because, uh, let's face it, there's just far too many of them. There's not enough demand. You know, uh, they don't even look at the fact that uh, they're going to look for improvements. They're going to look for better ways. They're going to look for faster ways. They're going to look for ways to give you those underoos like you've never. Ex- These are going to be like underoos that give you an experience like you've never experienced before. They don't even look at that. They, they Because you know why? Because these people, these Marxist SJWs, they have no creativity, okay? They have no industriousness. They, they don't have any drive. They have no motivation. You know, they, they just think that we live and, you know, we should just uh, take care of each other. Uh, there's, there's some other ways to put it. Uh, uh, Marxists, uh, Karl Marx uh, believed that labor was life, okay? So ultimately, I think maybe Karl Marx was against laziness because he thought everyone should labor the same to survive, right? No one should be able to manage uh, to, to Two Rivers Point. Apparently, they don't see management as a job, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what's going on. So, so now, as we're teaching our children how to be critically racist theorists, <laughs> as we're teaching our children how to be communist Marxist sympathizers and eventually students and scholars, 
The only obvious reason is to say to hell with it and to have a and to have a communist revolution. Okay, this is the end of the video. We're almost done here, guys. Thanks for sitting through it. I hope it was entertaining. The means of production anyway, regardless of whose private property it is. The capitalists may object, but they are sorely outnumbered, so the means of production is seized from them by force. This time around, the value that is produced will go directly to the people who put labor into producing it. This is known as a communist revolution, and it must happen sooner or later, or else all of the world's productive forces will grind to a halt forever. This was a simple overview of some of the thoughts of Karl Marx. There are many more of his... Okay, I really don't care for this overview. You see that? You see that? There has to be a communist revolution. It's the only way, ladies and gentlemen. It's the only way. Fie, fi for shame. These people who are living... who These people are still waiting in line for porridge. Ladies and gentlemen, they never got any more than the first serving. Pretty sad, isn't it? It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. We're going to skip over this next video because I think that one was uh, good enough. That one was good enough. Uh, but uh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, the way that these people think. So now, with that in mind, guys, that's Soleo, that's Soleo Morova right here, guys. Soleo Morova, Marxist, economist. That's what she thinks. And she wants to nationalize every bank in this country. We're not talking about the Federal Reserve. We're talking about the mom and pop and the credit unions down the street, guys. Now, we mentioned at the head of the episode that uh, we mentioned at the head of the episode that this whole communist capitalist uh, uh, Federal Reserve thing is coming to a head. You might have noticed from the interview with Pat Tomei and that uh, communist sympathizer on Fox Business uh, that they said that Yellen, Janet Yellen, the Janet Yellen, right, uh, uh, the Treasury Secretary, former head chairman, right that she was against Omarova. So one has to wonder, wait a minute. Okay, so is there, why would Biden nominate someone that even someone like Janet Yellen, a Federal Reserve debt slaver, okay, a Federal Reserve debt slaver is against them. Something must be going on here. But Janet Yellen, her concerns were overridden. And now we see the Democrat Party uh, particularly those, uh, I would say more on the progressive side of it. You, now we see them going against the fed. Now, some of you guys might be wondering where the heck Elizabeth Warren has been. <laughs> some of you guys probably not. All right. <laughs> well, there she is guys in all her glory. It is the return of poke, uh, Focahontas. All right, guys. Focahontas is back. And she has been an Indian warrior princess for the Democrat Party and the progressives more specifically. Because Focahontas has been taking it to the Federal Reserve. This is the time when you would have uh, libertarians and raw Paulites around going, Oh yeah, someone's going against the Federal Reserve. They're trying to hold them accountable. Why are they trying? Why is Elizabeth Warren and the progressives trying to hold the Federal Reserve accountable? You might ask. Does anybody remember 
right? Don't you guys hate it when the teacher asks if you remember, right? Do you remember, guys? We covered this. Just kidding. Just kidding. I kid. I kid. No, but uh, we did cover some stories where we had three Federal Reserve officials stepping down due to insider trading. Do they get in trouble? Well, not yet. uh, But, you know, Focahontas is on the case. You got Elizabeth Warren drilling into the Federal Reserve right now. We need investigations into insider trading. We need to hold them accountable. We need to make sure that they don't get replaced except for by people that we, the progressive um, Democrats, approve of. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what we are seeing. We have had two Federal Reserve presidents from branch banks, that was uh, Dallas and Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken, step down due to allegations of um, 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 insider trading and uh, uh, bad ethical behavior in regards to their stock portfolio. We had a vice president of the head Federal Reserve Bank of America, the Federal Reserve in Washington, D.C., step down for the same thing. And we have Jerome Powell, the current chair, uh, Fairman chair head, uh, who's up for renomination, uh, uh, trying to figure out uh, how accountable he's going to hold these people. And you got people like Focahontas. She's like, well, let's get Omarova in there. Yeah, let's do it. She's a good old Marxist. I'm a, I'm a progressive Indian, you know, Indian dot, not Indian how. Oh, wait, Indian how. I don't know why she's got a dot on her forehead, guys. I apologize. All right. I apologize to all of my uh, to all of my um, Habibis out there. I did not mean to uh, insult you. OK, so anyways. Uh, so we see that's been the case. We see Elizabeth Warren has been speaking out. And, you know, and I wondered, I really did wonder, guys, why is why are the Democrats going after the Federal Reserve? Like, shouldn't these guys be in cahoots like or or is this another grand, uh, you know, uh, a grand uh, uh, WrestleMania between the Federal Reserve and the Democrats? You know, they're fighting on screen, but they're friends off screen. Could this be part of a bigger plan here, guys, wherein we have the Federal Reserve that wants to get more progressive? They want to put these progressive Marxists on their board. So they're at odds with the Democrats uh, headed up by Focahontas here. Like I said, she's got her quill and her quiver and she's all, she's like, you know, she's going to town like Moonstar or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and uh, they're, they're trying to put in Marxists. Yeah, they are. Okay. So we got Soleil Omarova is one, of course. We have Warren trying to use the excuse um, um, that uh, during the President Trump years, they deregulated the banks so much that now we have to rein in the banks. We have to occupy the banks and Wall Street that, you know, she'd see we got to occupy the banks, uh, you know, like however. And, and and under that subterfuge, that fake, because basically Trump deregulated the banking system so much you know, they had no more control in D.C. over any of it. OK, so they're reigning in the banks with Focahontas at the charge. OK, and they're using this to implement socialist and Marxist ideas and practices under that guise. Now, she wants to regulate the biggest financial financial institutions, and she also wants to regain control of monetary policy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, why I say there is a stark difference between 
President Trump nationalizing the Federal Federal Reserve Central Bank independently incorporated business that was loaning money to Americans and creating debt slaves out of us. When he nationalizes that and when someone like Soleil Omarova wants to nationalize every single mom and pop bank and bank on the corner and, uh, and federal credit union, there is a huge difference, ladies and gentlemen, huge difference. Now, uh, even former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers, whom I think probably has a sound mind, he was even saying, he said, a generation of central bankers who are defining themselves by their wokeness, they're defining themselves by socially concerned uh, concerns, and they're using that as their resume. And he's talking about uh, some of the ones that they want to install in their place, okay? So we have Sole Omarova as one, okay? And then we have uh, we have another one as well. Let's check out this. Uh, let's check out this article, guys. Uh, Avert thine eyes if satanic literature offends thee. This comes from the Washington Compost, okay? And this one says, check this out. You want to talk about how woke they are? The Federal Reserve is overwhelmingly white. Biden is being pushed to appoint black members to its board, okay? They don't give a damn about monetary policy. They think that as long as they talk about social issues, Democrats will be asleep to the fact that they are communists and it's probably going to work. But fortunately, not on my watch here at the Sea Report. This are uh, we won't go through we won't read this whole article obviously. It's satanic literature. But what we will do is just uh, get a quick overview. We will dance with the devil for just a minute, guys. The Federal Reserve's commitment to diversity and inclusion is clear on paper. Such diversity on the central bank's website and the number of hits demonstrates the importance of racial equity to this guardian of America's economy and to the nation's wealth. But look at the Fed's leadership and workforce and its insular nature shows the difference between preaching and practicing. The lack of African-Americans. First of all, they're called Black Americans, Washington Compost. The lack of African-Americans in crucial positions has prompted a coalition of organizations to push President Biden to integrate the all-white Federal Reserve Board with Black members. In a letter to Biden on Monday, more than a dozen groups urged the president to make history by appointing the first Black Fed chairperson and the first Black woman to its Board of Governors. Biden should seize this opportunity to letter, uh, the letter added, to begin to counteract the long-standing absence of Black leadership at the Central Bank of the United States of America. At least they're calling it a central bank, because that's what it is. And it's also a debt slaver bank, at least until it was nationalized. Uh, but there you go, guys. So yeah, when we say they're going woke, we mean they're going woke. Now, who is this mannish woman on the screen, you might be wondering? This guy's, aside from Soleil Omarova, is another person that they want to have serving as the head of the Fed Parole Reserve. Because let's not forget, Jerome Powell is up for renomination. So now the question is, are they going to get Jerome or are they going to get this person? This person is supported by uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, okay? And this is uh, Bernie Sanders' kindred spirit, Fed Governor Lyell or Lael Brainerd, 
Okay. Any relation to Matthew Brainerd? Mm, okay. Uh, and they want Lael Brainerd to take the top job at the Federal Reserve. And she has been showcasing her climate credentials recently. Okay. Saying that the United States needs to catch up to the European folly of using financial policy to force climate action. Okay. She told the Conference on Banking Supervision this month that financial regulators should direct the nation's largest banks to take measures to appropriately measure, monitor, and manage climate-related risks to the financial systems. Because everyone knows the climate affects the financial system, right? Federal Governor, Governor Fed, Fed Governor uh, Brainerd, um, considered a progressive who um, favors tighter reins on financial institutions. That is this one, Fed Governor Lael Brainerd, uh, particularly the Wall Street powerhouses. Um, Brainerd figures prominently as Joe Biden's chair selection, okay, for the central bank who will specifically supervise banks. So Joe Biden has his eye on it, her, whatever. Uh, she's widely expected to get either of the uh, positions, either as a federal, uh, federal, federal Reserve Bank chair or the same position that Sole Omarova is uh, vying for. Now, various reports have put Brainerd as a top choice for Warren, though the senator is not publicly committed uh, co committed to the candidate or anyone in particular. But I don't think Elizabeth Warren is really good at doing that. Um, things that uh, Brainerd will most likely focus on in any position, climate change, the implementation of a central bank digital currency, and also getting banks to raise capital during uh, prosperous times. The third and the final point there, obviously um, taking banks back to pre-high-risk days of finance. The first two, climate change and digital currency for the central bank, are uncharted territories for anyone in such positions. Okay, so uh, we'll see where this goes, guys. But it's quite interesting that uh, they want to put her in the head as the Fed. They want Soleil Omarova to control national banks. Do you think there's a little orchestra or orchestration going on here, guys? Because it kind of sounds like that to me. It kind of sounds like uh, it's uh, it's it's the WrestleMania all over again, you know. And we got the Federal Reserve and the Dems going back and forth like they really uh, want to fight with each other. Uh, but they're working in, in, in concert to bring progressives into office at the head of our banking institutions. Who is this man? <laughs> this man is Randall Quarles, guys. And if you want any more evidence that the Federal Reserve is currently leaking like a sieve, all of its officials... We already have three. Welcome number four. Uh, that is, again, uh, Randall Quarles, okay? Now, this article coming from uh, the AP News, okay, shows that, uh, let me go and expand that for you guys. Uh, this is the latest uh, Federal Reserve official to exit the building, Okay, he's the latest to exit the building. Now, uh, Randall Quarles was the Federal Reserve Board of Governors Vice Chair of Supervision, and he is now resigning. 
ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we won't go long into the article, but it does say, and let me expand that just a little bit so you your eyes won't strain as I read these words. Whoops, my eyes won't strain. It says here, uh, Randall Quarles announced Monday that he will resign from the Federal Reserve's Board of Governors at the end of the year after completing a four-year term as its top bank regulator, opening up another vacancy on the Fed's influential board for president select Joe Biden to fill. Quarles has served as the Fed's first vice chair of supervision, which gave him wide-ranging authority over the banking system. In that role, he oversaw a broad loosening of some of the financial regulations that were put in place after the 2008-2009 global financial crisis and recession Quarles' deregulatory approach prompted criticism from some on the Fed and from many progressives. It has also sparked resistance from progressives to the potential renomination of Jerome Powell as Fed chair, who has voted in favor of Quarles' regulatory changes. So another one bites the dust, ladies and gentlemen, and his name is Randall Quarles. Yeah, we don't make this stuff up here, ladies and gentlemen. I already told you where I got these articles from. So there you go, guys. What is going on with the Fed right now? Because it appears that we have a pregnant teenager on the screen. Okay, guys, we're switching to uh, one of the two final gears for tonight. We'll be here probably about five or ten minutes past. We got two more short stories for you guys as we wrap it up. But that's what we had to say. We had to uh, we had to kind of expand into some of this Marxist economics and uh, what they're doing right now, guys. Like uh, they're trying to get Marxists in to regulate our banks bad enough that we already have them coming in to, to regulate our education. OK, and we have them coming in to regulate just about every aspect of our life that they can get their hands on, because apparently they never got out of the porridge line and figured that they could go to the front if they tried. OK, OK. All right, guys. So uh, let's get into our last story for tonight. One of two. We got this story and one more and we're done. All right. Now, why is there a pregnant teenager on my screen? You might be asking. It's because being pregnant as a teenager is a serious matter. Well, you know, no, it's not just that, guys. I'm not here to judge. Maybe you were meant to have that baby at that time. Maybe you just did not know how to keep them shut and in the pants, right? I got them both there, so I'm not being unfair. Okay. All right. So why, Mr. C? <laughs> why, Mr. C? Uh, well, this story has directly to do with uh, the Illinois Senate voting to repeal a law that requires parental notification for minors receiving abortions. This from the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, guys, you might have expected it would come from Illinois. You might have expected it would come from Chicago. I'm sure Mayor Lightfoot has her Beetlejuice all over this. Okay, I'm sure she has her Beetlejuice all over this. Okay, do I have another picture? Let me see. Ah, yeah, he'll do. Ah, uh, this is this is this is the guy here. This is this is Beetlejuice's daddy. Okay, that is uh that is Governor. Uh, J.B. Pritzker of Illinois. Now, the Illinois Senate voted Tuesday, October 26, 2021, to repeal a decades-old law that requires a parent to be notified when a minor seeks an abortion. The Democrat-controlled Senate voted 32 to 22 to repeal the parental notification requirement with four members of the majority and party 
a majority party uh, joining Republicans in opposition. Five other Democrats did not vote, but you know, uh, Illinois is a Democrat stronghold, right? Uh, if California and New York are the Democrat uh, armpits of America, Illinois is the crotch, right? Okay. Now, uh, Governor Pritzker apparently is quite fine with this. The proposal has his support, and uh, and now it goes to the Democrat-controlled House. Okay, it's going to pass, where its prospects remain uncertain. Parental consent is not required under current law, and minors can ask a court to waive the notification if they fear for their safety. Okay, this is Chicago. This is Illinois, guys. But this is before it goes before a regulatory vote. So uh, why not bring up, you know, a little bit of the uh, the good old uh, abortion issues? It's pretty terrible, guys, uh, when we're thinking that these guys are doing those things. What do they want those babies for? I wonder. And again, it might be a blessing that we don't find out. Okay, guys. Final story for the night. This will be a good one. This is a positive one, learners and gentlemen. Positive story coming out of uh, Tennessee, guys, where we have a dozen men arrested in a Tennessee undercover operation to stop human trafficking. A win, ladies and gentlemen. We'll take them every night that we can. Now, there was an undercover operation in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, that resulted in the arrests of 12 men for allegedly seeking illicit sex from minors. Uh, the operation included Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security Investigations, the Department of Homeland Security, um, DHS Human Trafficking Unit, and the Murfreesboro Police Department, the Tennessee Human Trafficking Task Force, and the Office of the 16th Judicial District Attorney General. Good job, gentlemen and ladies. Let's go ahead and get that uh, police HSI up on the screen. Oh, that's a little bit too magnified. There we go. There we go. That would be the Homeland Security Investigators. Now, HSI Nashville Special Agent in Charge Jerry Template Jr. actually said this. He said, HSI is proud to have partnered with our state and local partners in the successful human trafficking operation involving multiple arrests. Using our victim-centered approach to these types of investigations, HSI will continue to target and investigate individuals and networks that engage in crimes that target the most vulnerable populations. Now, the ICE statement reported that for a two-day period beginning in October, in mid-October, the investigators placed several decoy advertisements on websites linked to prostitution and commercial sex cases. Um, the arrested included 12 men ranging from the ages of 22 to 59. According to the report of arrest, the suspects were arrested and booked in the Rutherford County Jail. Among those arrested, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do read the names here at the Sea Report, included Terrence Deshun Beckton, uh, 27 years of age, of Mason, um, Edilberto Naturen Aguilar, 32, of Murfreesboro, Colin Patrick Hamilton, 26, of Tullahoma, 
Javier Ubina Leha, 31 of Smyrna, Alasfor Abdullah Hassan, 22 of Murfreesboro, John Durrell Schultz, 59 of Murfreesboro, Garrett Robert Zabludil, 41 of China Grove, uh, China Grove, North Carolina, Edward Pope, 32 of Murfreesboro, Lucas Javier Diaz Hernandez, 23 of Murfreesboro, Francisco Ruiz Diaz, 29 of Murfreesboro, uh, Michael Lee Sovereign, 20 of Smithville, and William De Jesus, or William De Jesus Morales Garcia, 46 years of age of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. A September undercover investigation also resulted in seven men being arrested in Cookville, Tennessee, following a similar approach in another part of Middle Tennessee. And an August undercover operation in Jackson, Tennessee, netted 11 men being arrested who were accused of seeking illicit sex from minors. One man arrested who was 78 years old was charged with patronizing prostitution of a minor. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. At least they're still getting it done. And uh, this type of activity has not stopped yet. So um, very, 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 uh, very glad to report on that. I guess I could have moved it to that little screen uh, haptic right there. Yep. Yep. But... uh, that wraps up the show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed our four-way, our four, not our four-way, our foray, okay? <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed our foray into Marxist economic theory and uh, the uh, capitalist um, um, viewpoint, or the uh, Marxist viewpoint on capitalism. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, and good to have you all in the chat. One, two, three, SKG. Thank you for gifting the shades. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q, thank you for gifting the shades. Uh, the other one has escaped from me. I saw someone else made uh, made a, a generous donation in the um, in the chat room there. So thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for uh, donating to uh, to uh, the work that I do here. Java, hey buddy, thanks for gifting the shades. The speaker easy. Thank you, sir, for gifting that can and keeping me nice and refreshed. It's much appreciated, guys. I have released the scratching. If you're hanging out over there on uh, uh, the pill.net or the foxhole.app, you guys have a great evening. We'll be back tomorrow, same place, same time, 7.30 p.m. Central Texas time, uh, Central Standard Time, Texas time, otherwise is known as. Uh, don't forget, guys, you can check us out over at um, thecreport.com. If you want to keep up with us, if you want to send us a little letter, if you got any, uh, if you got any uh, corrections that I should make, send it over there. We got a contact form on the homepage and also check out the podcast. That is anchor.fm slash the C report where you can hear this show in your ears on podcast form in case you're at work or you've got something to do or your hands are tied. You can always get me in your ears, guys, and the C-Report and all the stories that we do. It's been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have a great evening. We'll talk with y'all soon. And as always, be safe, be blessed. God bless America. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Have a great night, guys. 